listening to General Admission, where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound. Hey guys, I'm Jen and welcome to episode 22 of the podcast. Yeah. I'm here with Alice again. How are you I'm, going? I'm pretty good. How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah. Feeling upbeat because we have a very special guest with us. We do. Um, we've got John from Trophy Eyes. Hey, uh. <laughs> How are you going today? How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm very good. I've just been uh, working on some video stuff recently, so uh, but it's all winding down, so looking forward to some days off and relaxing. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, actually, just talking, I don't know how much you heard of this, of me talking about this before, um, but we are talking before we recorded this that, um, like, the first time I saw Trophy Eyes was, like, in 2013, I think, at Shawfest. <laughs> Like way back, it feels like a long time ago. It's really not that long ago. Um, yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's really cool to see you guys like fro- come from. I guess that's the first time I saw you play um, to where you are now, which is like this massive band who've like toured across all of the world, <laughs> about to release yeah. another album, sold out the Metro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. That's, that's pretty that's, crazy. Yeah, but yeah, um, it's been. Been really crazy. I think I, I don't think we played our first show till maybe 2014. Okay, maybe, maybe it was 13. I can't remember. It's been yeah. a crazy couple of years. Could but be yeah, it's, it's been fast. It went really quick. Cool. So I guess just for like our listeners, did you want to? Could you just introduce yourself? I guess who Trophy Eyes is and like what you do in the band and just yeah, like a little summary. Well, um, yeah, I'm John. Uh, I sing for like a, a punk band called trophy eyes um we started in newcastle um around 2013 sometime or 2000 yeah well 2013 and um yeah i guess that's it it's punk music five guys playing playing music that we enjoy cool yeah and it's awesome to see some great newy bands coming up as well like eat your heart out they're doing great and they kind of look up to you guys as well as like you know, one of the bands that kind of helped kickstart what they wanted to do. Um, so it's really awesome wow. to see that. Yeah, kind of real community vibe. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I want to ask you a question too. When you guys started playing, I guess we asked this to a lot of our artists, but like, what made you guys decide to start a band? Was it kind of like we all just mates, and you just decided like, hey, I play guitar, you can play drums, like, or did you purposely like seek out? A band so that you guys could play, that you could make music. Yeah, well, I think it's different for um, everybody in the band. I know that the rest of Trophy Eyes all knew each other from school, and they were always in bands for as long as, um, like, since high school. I guess they've been in like a few different like pop punk bands and punk bands and stuff like that. Um, but I guess to say, like, the thing that kind of connects us all was that when we were younger, we would we grew up on things like No Effects and Blink One Eight Two and just like real bandy bands, you know? And um, I think from that, uh, at an early age and like throughout high school, that kind of lifestyle and that like, uh, that that music lifestyle and being in a band and playing that kind of music, that like angsty fast stuff just kind of suited us and we all wanted to be a part of that. So that's kind of what brought us together to begin with. But yeah, they'd been in bands forever and I just kind of uh, met them and uh, asked if they needed a singer at that time and they didn't need a singer but they needed a drummer but Cal the old drummer he could play drums and he just uh, he was singing at that time he was just like you know what I'll play drums and you sing so then Trophy Eyes was born awesome 
Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a really organic way that you guys yeah. sing together, which is always the best. Yeah, find. that's true. Yeah, absolutely. It was pretty like I was pretty nervous. Like I kind of just rocked up and we did some newfound glory covers and I sang them <laughs> and then they were like, "Well, when you come back next week, we'll start writing a song." And I was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> <I'm in." laughs> it's like, like this is real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like got to got to write something now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess what, what what is also interesting about you as well is that you also have your side project, Little Brother, which I guess if you compare Trophy Eyes and Little, Little Brother sonically, they're a little like, well, quite different, I would say. Um, but so did you always have that like singer-songwriter kind of outlook when you like first started listening to music or did you always think like, yeah, I want to be in a band or did you just not um, think about that at all? <laughs> I don't know. There's... Uh... I don't know, not really. Like, I did write some acoustic songs when I was younger, probably like 18 or 19. And um, they were shit, you know, they were like, <laughs> they were someone's first songs, you know, they, they weren't very good. So I kind of hit them and they don't exist anymore. <laughs> but um, uh, Little Brother was kind of born because of, uh, I don't know, I guess the, the process of writing with other people. And you kind of get to this point where, like, some things, are, some songs that you bring to the table, people accept and they like it, and then some they don't, and you know, all of them then get changed to like fit the the band's sound and kind of like so everybody in that band is happy with that sound. Yeah. So whatever songs you do write get chopped and changed, and they they get filled with whatever. So I think Little Brother was kind of like an outlet for me to kind of put something out or create something that wasn't that was just purely me, and I think that was kind of what um that that how that was born and also kind of the the content which is thinking about like little brothers kind of like love songs and i didn't think at that point especially that trophy eyes was going to be able to um what was was a band that you would write love songs for they're kind of like a lot faster cranky and angsty shit so <laughs> i thought you know i'll keep the love songs and the mostly stuff for myself and put that out under a different name and give trophy eyes trophy eyes songs yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's and side projects are intrinsically in, interesting, right? Because like on the one hand, you have full creative freedom, which is brilliant, but then you lose like the familiarity of having, you know, support from your band members. Yeah. They both had their own like benefits as well, and such a big part of writing is being able to let people in mm. and like and work with you and like write with you and stuff like that. So it's it's really healthy in the writing process to kind of let go of some and um, allow it to kind of be the song. You know what I mean? Like a, a lot of egos get mixed in with stuff and like a lot of poor writing comes from this is my song and mm. needs to sound like this. Yeah. But um, yeah, like Trophy Eyes wouldn't sound like Trophy Eyes unless, you know, um, drums did their own thing and like Jeremy did what he wanted with the bass. And yeah, it takes everybody to make a Trophy Eyes song. So yeah, yeah I kind of realized that. And was like, well, let's keep my own acoustic songs for myself. Yeah, yeah I guess also too, a question I've got, as sort of the band has progressed, because your sound has definitely evolved and developed in a way as your, I guess, is it harder to distinguish between Little Brother and Trophy Eyes now that like you could argue that I guess Trophy Eyes hasn't really, like there's, well at least in my opinion, I feel like there's no like def definite genre on Trophy Eyes now, like you guys kind of just make music that's good. Yeah. Like do you find <laughs> that it's yeah. harder to... Yeah, like distinguish between the two now, or not yeah, really? it's definitely like um, they do get closer together. But I think that's because, like with anything, practice makes perfect. You know, like the more yeah. you write mm -hmm. music, the the more like the better you get at it, and kind of the more you find 
your sound and your personality in that music. And um, writing with Trophy Eyes, and because Trophy Eyes has been so fast paced, uh, like in growth and like establishing the the band, it's it's kind of forced us to write a lot faster and and write a lot more music. So I think like with that. Uh, pressure is like a funny word but with that like that pace of writing and working mm-hmm. that's also rubbed off on like how i write other songs so i definitely think they kind of like they've come closer together in sound now which is um but i think that's cool like it's kind of like an extension of the trophy eye story yeah because i guess like the, the lyrics in both are kind of just things of, about my life so I, I guess now little brother is just like a little extension rather yeah. than a side project but nice. i do try to keep them as separate as possible yeah yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, that's... that was a poetic way to put it. Yeah, it was. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, but moving back right onto Trophy Eye stuff. So, you guys are releasing a brand new album, The American Dream. Yes. Um, it's coming out in August. I'm super excited because I had to listen to the entire album last night. I was just like lying in bed at like eleven o'clock, <laughs> just listening to the whole album, mm. and it's a banger. Like I absolutely love it. Like yeah. your vocals, I feel like just have improved so much, even from just the last album, Chemical Miracle. Yeah. And also, too, Chemical Thank Miracle you. was like such an amazing album as well. I feel like at the time, a lot of people kind of were introduced to like this newer kind of sound. At least I feel like I was. Like I hadn't really heard much like Chemical Miracle before because the album as well is so diverse. Yeah. Can you tell I really like Chemical Miracle? <laughs> yeah, we're both. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I guess like how do you, well, I mean, like, we'll talk about the album too, but kind of coming off that success from Chemical Miracle, was it hard to go in and like write this album or did you like, do you find it easy to just like disassociate from like past things that you've written? I think that's a good question. I feel like it was, um, it was easier. A lot of people have asked me like, Man, were you nervous because Chemical Miracle was good and people liked it? Like, you had to go in and do it again. But to be honest, like, I feel like Chemical Miracle's success came from not not writing music, creating music to a genre or, like, conforming to, like, you know, a little bubble or pigeonholing a sound, you know? Like, a lot of people were expecting another, like, hardcore record and were just like, you know what, we're going to write a record for us. We're going to go in the studio and write our favorite sound and um that's what chemical miracle was and after that success we like we realized why it was that successful we were like well now we have the freedom to do whatever we like let's push it let's write a, let's write a chemical miracle times 10 you know what i mean like yeah. let's really expand and explore and because i feel like that's where um that new sound was born that's where chemical miracle came from it's just freedom so American Dream is that um, times 10, I guess. And kind of our feeling of going into it was more excitement than nervousness. It was like, look at, like, imagine, you know, always kind of writing in a, in a small circle or, like, having only so much to play with and then one day realizing you have everything to play with. And it was just like, wow, but now we can do whatever the fuck we like. And it was, yeah, that's where that came from. We could really um, excel and push it. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. And what? Yeah, and and what's awesome about this record as well, right? Was that for most of the writing, you were in Texas and kind of like soaking up the sounds like of Americana and and like what you were listening to, um, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, I lived in Texas for a couple of years, and um, my environment was I was in a small town just outside of Dallas called Burleson, and um, 
yeah, the sounds were kind of like old classic rock and like country music and people drinking at bars and like, you know, yeehaw and like <laughs> Texas summer. Like it was, it's hard to explain, but I guess if you were there, well, that's what I tried to do. I tried to get that feeling and that time and space into sound and make a record out of it. So that was the intention of it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess like going back to the idea of sort of like pushing boundaries and really not limiting yourself to a particular genre. Um, have you guys like found that hard it being like in the scene or like quote unquote scene, if whatever that word is like that you, you are in or that you were in? Like, I feel like I've seen a lot of rock bands or quote unquote rock bands because, you know, what is a genre? But like... Yeah. Did you find it harder to sort of, I guess maybe internally you didn't have that pressure, but like externally, was there people who were like, oh, Trophy Eyes, like, write pop music now, like, we don't like them? <laughs> like, yeah, there's, there's always been that pressure, like, you know, from, 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 uh, like, all corners, I guess, from, from all, like, yeah, you get pressure for if you write pop punk songs, people are going to be like, well, that's a good or a bad pop punk song, or if you write a hardcore song, same again. Yeah. Um, and there was definitely like when we decided to kind of like work outside of those boundaries and kind of explore what different types of music there are to make definitely people were just like hey you can't do that that's that's not that doesn't sound like this and it's like well well why only you said it has to sound like that like we because that's the that's the big thing like I don't think we ever really tried to be in any scene and I think that's where like Trophy Eyes gets misinterpreted a lot like even when we started, people were like, is it hardcore? Is it pop punk? Is it mm. melodic hardcore? Is it old? Like, where do these um, influences come from and where do they sit? And um, we never really labeled ourselves at all. We were just like, well, these are just songs. Like, relax. It doesn't have to be anything. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, there's mm. plenty of other music to listen to, yeah, so relax. Definitely. And um, yeah, I feel like the only pressure that you feel to like write the scene or the, the pressure you receive to like sound like something comes from the people that decide where you stand that's and true. Uh, yeah. that doesn't really bother us because it's not us it's them yeah, <laughs> so that, yeah for it, sure it was yeah. easy for us yeah now i just say that because i feel like especially currently a lot of artists that i listen to kind of were part of a scene i guess you could call it but then they sort of like change their sound and really just like make whatever music they want to make and it's kind of hard to define that genre so I guess I feel like it's sort of a big not necessarily a trend because I wouldn't like that's probably the wrong word but kind of like that like there's sort of been this like resurgence of all these artists releasing music that is just kind of like we just wanted to write like what we liked and yeah, yeah. I think that's great too I think like um, it's a good thing and like yeah definitely if that's where music is going I think it should um it should definitely like be supported instead of um, like stamped out. You know, I think creativity, the worst thing you can do is like cage creativity or give mm. creativity limits. And if there's, if, if a pop punk band or a band that sounds like one way has to sound like that forever, then we're going to miss out on, on all the fantastic music they could have written or wanted to write. So yeah. I mean, and like if that's, if that's um, even if it is, yeah, a trend of people just exploring it, getting weird with music then like that's how we got the Beatles or yeah, that's yeah. how we got Jimi Hendrix or that's how we got all of those massive things like even like Elvis or any any of the the greats Michael Jackson like all of these things were different they were different from what was happening at that time so I yeah. think it should be like pushed and yeah, celebrated creativity and like diversity is is like the the fruits of life I think it should be supported definitely 
Awesome. Yeah, it's interesting because like as much as, you know, we say that we're a lot more open-minded and to an extent we are, yeah. like people still intrinsically love to pigeonhole because yeah, it's a point of reference. Especially I think in like the rock scene yeah. as well, I think, at least. Yeah. That's also a thing that like humans do as well. Like how can we tell things apart if we don't categorize things? Yeah. Like, I get it. it. It makes sense. Like a chair would be carpet if we couldn't tell them apart. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, yeah. you, you need to tell, you need to be able to give things boundaries and tell them apart. But at the same time, like I, I guess that can get too um, restricting sometimes or people can get too involved or caught up in it. And, yeah. But like also music is subjective. You can like it or you don't have to like it. And it sounds different to everybody else. So. I think pigeonholing is kind of obsolete when it comes to music, mm, yeah. but it works for other things. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, very yeah. true. It's hard to like categorize emotion, so yeah, just, like art yeah, right. Man, yeah. it's got deep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say like right before we we have like a little segment where we talk about um, tracks we've been liking this week, but I really want to touch on just very quickly um, the documentary that you guys are premiering on the third of August, I believe which is, like, in conjunction with the album and the album release, um, which I think is really cool because yeah, you did, like, a little, thing. like, mini doco for Chemical Miracle and now you kind of are doing this big big screen thing in Sydney, <laughs> which is kind yeah. of cool. Um, do you want to talk a little bit, like, about that, kind of how that came about or...? Yeah, what? absolutely. Yeah. So um, I guess we're all sitting in a room and it's, like, how do we want to bring this thing out, you know, like, and... Uh, I've always wanted to put this, I've always wanted to have a listening party where people can hear the record, but like on the quality and like the comfort that you get when you go to a cinema. Like, you know, when you want to go to the movies, you get popcorn and you sit mm-hmm. down, it's all dark and it's cozy and you watch a giant movie and like, it's an experience, it's a true experience. So I guess when it came to like releasing the American dream, I really wanted to give it something special and give it the undivided attention that I think it deserves. And I'm not like trying to be pretentious or anything, but I think like all that work and that effort, it turned out, I think it turned out some, like the best thing I think I've ever done. Mm. And I really wanted to give it a chance to be like absorbed properly and to be like immersed in that, um, in that sound and that experience. So I thought like maybe we could put something over it and release it in the cinema, get everybody in there, turn mm. the lights off watch something and listen to the record at the same time and you know you can have what you're watching feel like what the, the songs sound like and you can kind of just like be totally in the american dream you know what i mean like yeah. totally experience that yeah. that record like sonically sensually and 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 visually and um so yeah that's where that idea came from and it's not so much a documentary but more like uh like a compilation maybe or like a composition i guess of of like all the different pop culture and all the old cartoons and videos and, and snippets of things that i've seen and it's just kind of like a giant piece of video that runs with the record and kind of like um uh accentuates the record i guess so like when you're watching visually it's going to follow and like um yeah bring out like the bigger parts of the record and yeah so it's kind of like it goes hand in hand you're going to be hearing it and seeing it but like they're, they're both quite important to, to be together mm. it's gonna be cool i'm really excited for it yeah yeah awesome that's such a beautiful way to experience music that whole yeah. multimedia multi-sensory yeah. experience um it's like yeah. it's kind of like like i've chatted to artists who like also like paint yeah. and like one of them like had has this like vision of like doing an album but also having like an artwork for every track mm. 
and then yeah. just having wow. like a huge like like yeah. like poster with like all the artworks that you can just yeah like yeah. like look at while you're experiencing, experiencing yeah, the cool. album which is... that's really cool and then th- that way you get to like step into the artist's mind a little yeah. more you know what i mean like yeah. which i think is awesome because i know music you're supposed to like take from it what you like and you know and it's different for everybody but i think also given the opportunity to get deeper inside the artist's head and you see what they want you to see and then you hear what they want you to hear i think it's just like a bit more like something a bit more to bite into you know a bit yeah. like to experience it a little more 100%. yeah i guess also too with artists that you like really admire or you really like their writing process i guess it's even cooler to be able to to, to experience something like that um because I feel like, yeah, mm. what, with music, like you kind of listen to it and everyone sort of takes what they want, like you said, from music. But when you kind of presented this like finished, like sonic, visual and like sensory kind of item in a way, you kind of like understand it, I guess, as a whole yeah. product. Mm. Even though like an album is still a whole product, but like... With different you know angles, I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess like let's go into our um, like first segment, which is our what's in what's on our playlist segment, which I guess like coincides quite well because we've talking been talking about the American Dream and inspirations and stuff. So basically, we just like talk about we all kind of go around in like a imaginary triangle circle. I don't know what you want to call it, <laughs> um, and um, just talk about tracks that we've been liking this week and why we like them. We've had so many good recommendations so far. Yeah, yeah. So it's up to you if you'd like to go first um, or we can go first. It's in, yeah. It's in yeah, why don't you guys go first and then I'll kind of, <laughs> I'll follow you. Cool. Sounds good. Do you want to go first, Jen? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so I'm going to bring it into the punk vein. Cool. Um, which might be right up your alley, John. Um, but have you heard of a... Um, Boston three-piece called Sloth Face. No, I don't think I have. They're um, they're really cool because they they kind of when I first heard this song, so it's called Double Down, which they released um, like a week and a half ago. It it's got this real punk swagger to it that reminds me of like the Kills, and um. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool. And um what's even like better about this track is that so they released a music video to go along with it and it's basically just in a laundromat and somehow they managed to make it like seem cool and like it's kind of got this like it's like it's got this like levitational kind of vibe and it and like she's kind of like dancing and and it's like got really fluid movements in it and it kind of just really matches like the song which has got like your distorted guitars and just those real punk vibes so i reckon you'd really dig the track sick no i can't wait to hear it yeah check out the video it's pretty cool okay definitely (laughs) um how about you alice what's your first track Uh, my first track is um by turnstile i don't know if you guys are familiar with turnstile yeah. Um, yeah, I just really love Turnstile. I saw them live, like, in May, I think, um, supporting Turnover. And I wasn't, didn't really expect anything. I had heard of them, but I never listened to them. Um, and I guess one of those bands, one of the few bands where, like, I saw, saw them live, and even though I didn't really know any tracks from them, I was immediately, like, really intrigued, and I loved their show, and I just feel like they're kind of one of those bands, too, that have sort of, push genres in a way because they're technically like a hard core like a punk band but a lot of their songs are very melodic and very like even pop influenced which mm. I think is really cool 
Um, and it was just really cool as well to see them live and have such a like diverse and like inclusive crowd as well. I thought that was um, a nice thing to see, <laughs> especially at like, I guess, a punk show, if you want to call it like a punk show. Um, but yeah, there's one of those tracks called Real Thing that I've been listening to a lot. song on their album time and space that's that's my favorite one i, I love that yeah I love that track. yeah i i really love the album i to be honest i was never really like i wouldn't call myself a big fan of like that genre if you want to like call it that i don't know but i was really really impressed with their live show and i would definitely like go see them again if they toured here again <laughs> yeah so yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah. Aren't they like one of those bands where it's like you wouldn't necessarily listen to their studio music, but like when you see them play live, like mm. you really enjoy it and get immersed in the experience. Yeah, although I also love like playing the album really loud in my car. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like very angry, and I'm just like Sydney traffic. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, kind of a good um, good antidote, really. Um, <laughs> but yeah, do you have a track, John, for us? Your track? Yeah. Um... One of my favorites um, over the last like month, or maybe not month, like last few weeks, uh, that I can't stop listening to is Boys by Lizzo. And it's kind of, um, I think that's her name. I don't really know much about her, but she, the, her artist name is Lizzo. It's like an electronic, yeah. like, like rappy kind of song, um, a bit poppy, uh, and it's 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 got like a. What I really like about songs is when they like they have a great momentum and flow. Mm-hmm. Um, this song is like exactly that. It kind of like goes. It's like a goes in and out, like fluctuates through like chill and then a little bit more like. Uh, expressive and and fast but it doesn't change tempo at all so like you get this feeling of um like momentum throughout the track where they they just kind of add instruments and like musical things that kind of like give you this this yeah this momentum this like direction and it's really really cool and especially like you you add just a couple of beats and um and, and like her perfectly syncopated vocals and she's like really percussive in the way that she sings as well her p's and like the G's and all of those consonants, they land in just the right spots and you get this like really great like rap feeling that you kind of hear from uh, from old like boom bap, like New York rap in the 90s, like Big L and Tribe Called Quest and that kind of stuff. Like it's got a lot of that feeling in it. Uh, it doesn't actually sound anything like that, but it's got a lot of that like mm-hmm. that timing and that um, syncopation and it, it's really, really cool. It's something like and it's totally different and fresh as well. And uh, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, Oh, what the fuck is this? And uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't stopped listening to it since then. Nice. Yeah, that was nice. awesome. Definitely gonna have to check it. Yeah, I feel like I've to- definitely heard of her. Like, has she- maybe she's like toured with Haim or something. I feel like I've seen yeah. her name. Around. I don't know because I-, I remember like posting about it, being like, "This song is amazing," and then everyone was just like, "Yeah, dude, Lizzo, like, yeah. like you're late. <laughs> she's been doing this forever." I was like, "Oh man, I'm yeah. missing that." Well, at least, at least you you discovered her eventually. At least you're still not sitting in the dark. Yeah, yeah exactly. But it always happens like that. I feel like I always discover artists like just after they've toured here, or like just after like something good has happened. Yeah, you've ca- you've caught wind of them, but it's a bit too yeah. late to see them live. Yeah. 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 I always I'm bad for like people will be like John, listen, to this it's great, and I go, 
yeah, okay. And I just never do. And then I'll find out one day myself and I'll be like, huh, I love this. And they'll be like, I told you about that a month ago. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Do you have another track, Jen? One that maybe has been recommended to you? Um, or not th- really? This one hasn't been recommended. It was me more just trawling through like all these new releases. Um, so the Lumineers, so they release like a Seasides Rarities EP, um, which is really cool because the concept of it is just, it's just a collection of three songs that never made it onto an actual record, but were like released through other channels. And so they just put it on like Spotify and all like streaming services. Um, so this is a song and that's called Scotland. And it's, it's a really awesome song because, like, I feel like it's a song that's both... It can somehow sound both stripped back and huge at the same time because, it, like, it's just got these huge battle drums, like, through it. Um, and then you've, But then you've just got this clean, like, crisp acoustic guitar um, and searing folk vocals. And then it just gets bigger and bigger and becomes this huge folk song and just yeah. one of those classic, like, stamp your feet, um, yeah. you know, just go, go nuts for it kind of song. So, yeah. That sounds awesome. What was that called again? Um, so that's a song called Scotland. It's by the Lumineers. Yeah, so that also got released a couple of weeks ago, I think. Check that one out. Yeah. How about you, Alice? Round two. I feel guilty talking about this song because it's like a band that I've always spoken about on this show. But um, I guess like... The song is called uh, Told You So. It's by Paramore. I hate to say it's told you so. I guess talking about like genre changes, like Paramore made this like massive like 180 on their old stuff, and they released this like album last year that's like basically sounds like Talking Heads and like very 80s and like a little bit of Radiohead. It's like very very retro. It's like very sonically different. And there's just a track on there called Told You So, which I think was released before the album came out. But it's just like a song that I always go back to. Like the album's been out for more than a year, um, but I just always go back to it. There's like a really funky like guitar um, riff in there, but it's like kind of throughout the whole track and it's very rhythmic and there's heaps of percussion. They even like have someone who tour with them like just to play percussion <laughs> um, in their touring band. And um, yeah, I just, I love it. Like it's just so rhythmic and it kind of, yeah, there's just like something about it and the way that she sings the track as well is very rhythmic and very kind of dancey, I would say. And just like the way that all these like extra kind of um, percussion instruments have been added in and sort of just like de- like dotted or like almost like decorated the song, I find mm. is like really cool. And every time I listen to it, like I kind of hear something new. There's a lot of layers to it. So that's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, John? Do you have a last track for us? <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, Halo by Boston Manor. I can see your Halo. Halo. Is sick. Um, something that I've been listening to since it came out. Uh, they're obviously like really, really good friends of ours. Um, and I met them a few years ago, and like they were I remember talking to them about like our new records we're both writing them uh, sorry I met them like last year about a year ago and uh, yeah I remember talking to them about their new record and our new record together and um, 
it's been really interesting to hear like what they were telling me and they're like we want to like experiment with like synths and electronic sounds and stuff and um and really like push push our our sounds and uh it was super interesting to hear the first single from this next record which is called halo and it's just this like it's got a music video out now as well it's kind of like black and red and it really suits their whole album theme and stuff and uh it's really like um it's kind of like dark and mysterious and like um like a sinister sound like all the keys in it it's like a very minor key and uh it's got like epicness and the guitars sound great they're playing these like big uh really big chords and it's nice and open um so it, it has this like nearly like a 30 seconds to mars vibe in some parts but um mm. like not the sound but that big like epic arena style sound that they get mm. and um yeah it's been so cool and i really i think they explained it themselves as like someone was like what would you uh, explain the record to sound like and they said uh if you muted the matrix and played our album over the top <laughs> it would go very very well <laughs> So I had another listen back to this song, Halo, and it's just, it's perfect. Like, Henry's voice is fantastic. All the music is really, really good. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a really solid, uh, I don't know what you would call it, like a rock track to listen to. Super modern, super fresh, and um, really, really fun as well. It's mm. really good. Definitely awesome. sounds like one for the tour bus to be yeah. played on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, well, I, I also, like, I guess talking about, like, synths and like kind of ele- incorporating electronic sounds into rock music i feel like i've seen a lot of bands do that recently and i think it's a really cool um trend oh, that's how i use that word again but like really i guess maybe it is well, it's definitely become a lot more popular but i i really love that like merging i guess of two genres that traditionally were quite like separate in a way mm. like not necessarily yeah. like all the time but i feel like definitely there's a lot of I mean, even when I was in high school and I used to, like, play in a band, I was like, I'm never going to put a synth, like, on my song. Like, I'm just going to play everything. Yeah, you know, that actually... Yeah, right? Yeah. Now it's, like, cool to see that kind of all merge together. Like, I think I, I think that sounds, like, awesome to just experiment. Yeah. This kind of goes back to what we were saying before, but, yeah. yeah. I, think it, I think also, like, going that way with music and experimenting more will do more for rock and, like, yeah. punk and, like that kind of like aggressive music or like high energy music mm. I think like experimenting with all different kind of sounds that only be better I remember when I like first started playing bands and I was like um, I remember thinking like no way man I'm punk and if I can't yeah. play it on stage it doesn't go on the record you know no there's never going to be three guitar tracks because there's only two guitarists in our band <laughs> and that was just like all the records sounded like that and we'd come home and be like why does everyone sound so big and we just sound like that <laughs> and I was like oh it's because it's only our five instruments on that CD and that was it. Yeah. So, yeah. And you can kind of tell once you start adding more shit, like it gets bigger, it gets better. So I think it's a good thing. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. But like, yeah, it's interesting to talk about, you know, the the way that music has progressed in terms of, you know, mm. what like people blending different, you know, sounds together. Because I I remember like, uh, like a bigger, like old band into Shikari, like they actually released, um, I mean, received a lot of flack for combining electronica, like with their, mm. like, you know, hardcore like yeah. kind of sounds I guess it just sort of depends how it's done to be honest yeah because I mean like Fallout Boy did it but I don't know if that was translated well yeah like, I mean I haven't listened to yeah they got a lot of hate for that one too yeah um, exactly when they over. remember they like the what is it um, uh, I forget the song title but it was like it was like a, a diff in fans for being so like telling them their sellouts and stuff like that yeah actually <laughs> um, yeah I think I've seen the music video for that but I 
Yeah, right, the black and white one where they're all dancing by yeah, the car and, and stuff. Like... He's wearing like a cat head and whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that one. Yeah. yeah. I guess yeah. like, yeah, they're aware of it. They're definitely aware of it. But I guess, yeah, it's like, it's hard. I feel like when you have such like a loyal fan base as well, like maybe with the band like Fallout Boy, it's like maybe a specific kind of example. But maybe that's the thing too. You've got like all these really, really old fans who've been listening to like, listening since like 04 or 05 whenever um like their first album was released like maybe they're just kind of like purists yeah yeah i reckon I there know. are a lot of purists in the fall, fall but in my opinion base. i feel like it's better to have your favorite band to continue releasing music than to stop releasing music at all that's yeah maybe, yeah for sure like i would prefer i think, it's, I think yeah. it's really funny what the what the bands think of that as well like especially i mean say like for um for instance going to walk tour where you're kind of like around 50 something bands yeah all day every day you kind of get this you kind of figure out that like a lot of the people in bands feel the same way and they they speak about like a lot of people speak about this idea where they're like you know we started writing songs and then somehow we got locked in there mm. <laughs> and everyone's like hey you owe me that sound and then yeah. like the artist i mean from my experience in speaking to other artists they say like man we just wanted to write some music like we didn't we didn't expect to mm. to have any success so we didn't expect anybody to like it we just wrote music because it was fun mm. and we're still doing that but it's like a lot of them pop flax for maybe adding an extra extra guitar or maybe like mm. toning down their heaviness or whatever like it's a, it's a strange concept it's yeah. like such a gray area like where do you stay loyal to your fans and then where do you kind of like where do you create and where do you yeah. you know where do you express yourself in art and are you going to lie about expressing yourself to make people happy or mm. are you going to do what you want like it's it's yeah. really strange it's mm. yeah, yeah i guess it's a funny thing. there's also like a i guess as a fan too though like i think that there's a time and place like for your opinion on yeah, like on an artist's like work because like um i guess the example that i'm thinking of is like tonight alive when they released limitless a lot of people didn't like that or like thought because they like I think they were signed to Sony when that was released um and then like Underworld came out and everyone was like wow Tonight Alive are back but it's kind of like those they never left yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly like they were still touring they were still making music like it's just the circumstances were extremely different I think as a fan yeah. too like there comes a point where you should just like shut your mouth like if you don't like someone's work like don't comment on Facebook like I hate this uh, or like and you sold out like just don't buy the album or like don't listen to it like and just comments don't even go like further you know I mean? than that like it's ridiculous like I think that like you're entitled to not like something but like you don't have to like send all these messages to the artist who will probably see it like yeah. complaining that There's you hate it there's a huge difference between expressing an opinion and being like malicious and there's like you can tell the intent behind a comment when it's posted um, you can tell the energy behind that the thought behind that and it's, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that someone has been personally offended by what you've done yeah. so they want to lash out and hurt your feelings and so there's a massive and like there's a people don't really see it themselves you get like i've seen it myself like someone will be like hey this sucks this is this, your music is trash i hope you die like <laughs> that's not even an exaggeration like people get like that so i will reply maybe like hey go fuck yourself like there's no you have no ground to say that to me whatsoever like yeah and they'll they'll say well i was only expressing my opinion how dare you say that to me so you then have to teach that person that's not an opinion that's 
that's being nasty. Yeah. Like an opinion is, I don't like this. And like also, this is kind of where I present this to the world. We accept your opinion and opinion should be celebrated. It's what makes us different and that's a great thing. Mm. But at the same time, don't tell me that you hope I die because mm. that's, <laughs> that's pretty messed up. Like something yeah. must be really bad in your world. You don't <laughs> have to like lash out at somebody and be like, yeah. hey, I hope you die. You know? Yeah, that's so true. It's I really weird. Like fans sort of maybe feel entitled or like some of them feel like entitled. That's exactly that. But it's They're like entitled. you just are listening to someone else's like work. Enjoy it. Or if you don't like it, go listen to their old stuff or like find someone else. Who sounds like that's them. right yeah. Like, yeah. And, and like i've seen a lot of that wall being broke down when you explain to somebody like this is my song it's not yours so like yeah. you know telling me it's shit is kind of like it'd be better off if you said hey i don't like your song i'd be like ah oh, cool you know but saying this sucks that's kind of like that's just attacking me then you know that's kind yeah. of like your art sucks like thanks a lot like <laughs> would you go into the kitchen if you ate like if you ate some food you didn't necessarily like, you walk into the kitchen, grab the chef, and be like, "Your food is shit." Like, would you walk into an <laughs> art gallery and point at the wall and be like, "Hey, this painting sucks"? Like, you yeah. wouldn't do that. You know no. what I mean? I think it's also it's got a lot to do with like the internet and feeling yeah. safe and yeah, uh, not removed. really like receiving yeah. the normal social repercussions of like negative yeah. um, behavior. Yeah. People don't really get that. There's no negative reinforcement for saying something. It doesn't immediately happen anymore. You just get away with it. So. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's where a lot of these people get away with that shit. Like, yeah, you know, well, I was... telling, I remember speaking to Brian Garris of Knock Loose, and he was telling me that they get comments on their like, on their YouTube videos and stuff, um, like from diehard and elite hardcore fans, and they say things like van flip, which is just like hoping they flip their van and die, and oh, that's God. what that means. It's like a little yeah. internet uh, yeah. thing to say. Yeah, and, it's um, crazy. I was like, "Wow, man, that's fucking messed up." Yeah, like it, it goes pretty far. It's 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 wild. The internet's a wild place. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I was just gonna say, like, when you're talking about calling people out on Twitter, like, I don't know if it's you who like replies to everyone on the Trophy Eyes Twitter account, but like, good job for whoever's doing that. Yeah, like, lots I've of scathing replies. I've seen the replies. Sorry. It's it's kind of a mix between me and our bass player Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> cool. I guess let's we'll kind of I guess we've been talking for a while, but let's go into our second segment. Um, which we basically I mean, branching off I guess on like people's opinions or whatever and how like those things don't matter. <laughs> um, in our second uh, segment we talk about um we do an in depth track review. So we usually get our guests to just pick one of their tracks and break it down and like talk about if there's like meaning behind it or just like a funny story or like a certain message that you know you want to convey in one particular song it's like entirely up to you to just sort of talk about whatever track you'd like or like whatever topic you want for like a couple minutes sure. yeah, so yeah. um i guess i'll go my favorite story behind a track um we've done it's off the american dream it's called um a cotton candy sky and oh, it's like it's just a little interlude i can see there's a storm coming in Watch from the back porch As you play with the kids it Kind of set the mood um, All the sounds and the theme of the record And uh, I remember a long time ago In an interview somebody said What makes you think of home? What's that memory that you have in your head When you think of home? Because I speak about home a lot I guess in songs And uh Yes, when I was asked that, I did have a memory and I thought at the time 
I was like, no, I can't give you that because that's mine. And if I share that, it won't be that special anymore. And that one belongs to me. So I ended up telling the guy that and he was just like, um, okay. <laughs> it got kind of orkies there for a little bit. But then after that, I don't know, I guess as I was writing this record, I was like, now is the right time to, to write about that moment and to give that special um, memory of mine to the world and give it to this piece of work, you know, like to add to this album and kind of like um, round it off and make it truly special. So, and that memory is, I guess, is uh, I was sitting out on the back porch uh, in Texas smoking a cigarette and Bianca was, my girlfriend was outside um, pushing her little brother and sister on a tire swing or a rope swing in their backyard. And uh, I remember just smoking and just enjoying the sound of that and kind of like where I was and kind of realizing like, huh, I'm in Texas, I'm in America and this is what that looks like and smells like and feels like and mm. I was pretty deep in the moment and I remember she waved back at me and then it started to rain, there was like a little sun shower and um, they came running back into the house and uh, uh, getting rained on and laughing and it was just kind of the sweetest memory I think I've, I've got and it was, it's what I always think about when say I'm in Europe or in in uh, Poland and you get the warning on the radio that it's too polluted to go outside so you're stuck in this room and it's snowing outside and yeah. you know the only view of, of the road is a broken window you know and it, it's <laughs> you can get to some pretty depressing places on tour and being away from home so that was kind of my mm. way of um, of like turning all of that off and I just close my eyes and I just think about that moment and relive it and relive it and I guess one of the things that helps me write songs about this is I have a really photographic memory and I've been able to kind of pinpoint exact times and spaces and what those people were wearing and exactly what they said. And um, so that really helps me like relive that moment. And that's kind of what I put into that song, mm. A Cotton Candy Sky. And um, yeah. yeah, I guess that's my, that, that's probably to date one of my favorite songs I've written. And even though it's mm. maybe like two minutes long, it's still to me the perfect rendition of that moment and it sounds yeah. exactly how I felt and how I do feel when I close my eyes and go there yeah. so um, I guess that's it and I guess like a fun fact about that as well is I remember recording it and I was like I, I kind of like I focus so much on when I'm writing a song that I kind of go into autopilot and uh, Bianchi gets kind of mad at me because I'm away mentally for so long mm. especially like in big stints of writing and um I remember her coming into the bathroom one day and I had a plastic bag in the bath and the shower on and my Mac in one hand and my microphone next to the plastic bag <laughs> listening to the water hit it, <laughs> trying to record the rain to put into that track because I couldn't uh -huh. find a rain sample that I liked. And uh, yeah, I remember the look on her face being like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I couldn't even answer it because I was just away. I was just like, oh, I'll hang on. <laughs> That's so, so cool. Uh, yeah. Cool. I guess it's like a like even that scene that like that picture that you paint, it sounds so picturesque. Like it I does. feel like you could totally see that in like an American movie, which I guess is why it's so fitting as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's like it's funny that is that was particularly picturesque scene, but that's one of my favorite things to do is find the things mm. that don't really look picturesque when you're there. Or like you can find something like, like naturally beautiful things. They they can be written about and explored deeply, and like things that people wouldn't wouldn't think to like stop and look at. 
I think that's where a lot of my songwriting comes from as well. And that's mm-hmm. definitely where that space came from. Like, I could have just sat there and smoked my cigarette and went inside, but for some reason, at that time, I was like, huh, look at where I am and look at how happy I am here and now. Yeah. So I just kind of kept that and eventually wrote about it. I don't really know how to continue from that, but like usually we kind of just end off the podcast by just um, talking about like a, having a non-music segment. So we basically talk about everything except music and like if you kind of have any other interests aside from music or like, I don't know, we've talked to musicians who like like to cook or like to garden. Yeah. <laughs> or like, I don't know, like do you do anything aside from music that you really enjoy or is music really like kind of your daily grind that you sort of work on all the time yeah i i suppose um i like to play a lot of video games i really like movies um like i've i've been playing video games since i was like a baby and uh like in an obsessive way like i that's probably one of my favorite things in the world is video games which is like it's pretty nerdy but um it's something i really love to do uh is that and i don't know like exploring as well like uh, mm. I'm a pretty outdoory kind of person um, I really like to just put a bottle of water in my backpack and catch a train out somewhere I've never been and just kind of walk around and look and take photos and um, yeah mm. that's what I really I really enjoy that especially like uh, when we're in Thailand and stuff when we'd have breaks from recording or whatever it would be really really cool to just like jump on your scooter and just drive to a part of town that like you know I remember ex- I, I went to a farm I found this person like walking these giant buffalo around and they were like eating and they were kind of hurting and they had this big hat on and they were like sitting down and getting out of the sun and uh, I remember looking at that and being like wow you know like that's kind of my favorite thing to do is just find that stuff on my own and mm. yeah I really enjoy that like time and peace and ex- exploring is, is just really really cool I love it like a bit of adventure every now and then that and video games <laughs> <laughs> yeah awesome and I, I kind of just want to like stick on Thailand for a second because you've recorded like the past three albums um, there with your good mate um, and producer who's been the producer for the past three hasn't he yeah yeah. Um, so in terms of Thailand, because you're probably quite familiar with parts of it now, what are some spots that you would recommend for someone, you know, first visiting um, Thailand? Well, um, I mean, it's it, that, that's, that's kind of hard to pick. I've only ever been to, like, a certain part, um, and that's kind of between Bangkok and Pattaya and, like, little places in between there. Um but yeah, I don't know. Pattaya is like a this huge city. Bangkok's a massive city, and we kind of like stay in, in like villages just outside of them. Mm. Um, but yeah, we stay in a little town called Bangsare, and it's kind of like unaffected by like the Western world just yet. You know, there's like this obviously like stores and malls around and all that kind of stuff. But you can go to like closer to the beach, and there's little fishing villages and wow. um, like. And that's that's totally surreal. Like that's that's definitely something I, I would uh, mm. suggest to go and see if you can. I remember like sitting at the edge of a wharf one night, and uh, I just bought myself a couple of beers, and I was just sitting there having a drink and hanging out, and I saw like a whole family squid fishing, and there was like babies and parents, and everybody had these green lights out catching fish, and they were eating and drinking and and laughing and stuff, and just being around that and like that way of life and that mm. simplicity, like that's definitely something everybody has to go on. Yeah. go and see and live for a minute if you if you can manage and like 
soccer on the beach with the locals, like oh, things like that. Nice. It's just so sick. Like you can go to like a lot of sea people go to Thailand for like sex tourism and um, I mean if that puts you go, whatever that's chill. But <laughs> there's so many other beautiful things there. Like apart from like you hear a lot of Australians go, yeah, they got beers for one dollar and stuff. Like that's cool too. But yeah, the, I don't know. If you're only experiencing the culture in little villages, mm. that's definitely something I'd try uh, yeah. suggest. Yeah, I guess also too, like living in a big city, I guess like we live in Sydney, but like I think that it's very easy to just get carried away with like going through the motions and like just going through your routine and I guess you don't really get to see those types of things like in a big city, so it would be nice to go and kind of just go to areas like that. Yeah, a bit of a retreat. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because Sydney's just way too busy. (laughs) Yeah, and everyone's living on top of each other at this point. (laughs) Not compared yeah. to other cities, but um... I miss Sydney a lot. I just moved down to Melbourne, and I, I miss it so much. Like I miss the the pace and like how nobody really cares about you and stuff. Like yeah. that's, <laughs> I love that bit. Like if you fall down on the street, people just kind of like walk over you. Oh my god, they actually we do. Yeah, yeah, I've had bad experiences at train stations where that's happened. I guess it's like an ego thing. Like <laughs> I feel like maybe just Australians in general. Like if you have an ego, like you will be told to like step down. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like no one tolerates. I love that. I love it. But yeah, it is really nice. <laughs> cool. Look, I guess we'll maybe end the show there. It's been a pleasure talking to you. If you just want to like summarize for our listeners, like where can they find you? You've got your album coming out. I believe you're going on an Australian tour as well. Yeah, in October. Um, yeah. Awesome. So if you just want to like, I guess yeah, summarize like where can our listeners find you and what's going on? <laughs> cool. Well. um you can find our new music on all of your favorite streaming services, Spotify, Apple Music, um, Amazon, uh, wherever. Um, we've got a new record coming out, The American Dream, comes out on August 3rd. Uh, on August 1st, there's a, um, we're doing a, a world premiere in event centers on George Street. I think there's still like 40 tickets left, so don't sleep on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a whole visual and audio experience thing and it should be really, really fun. And yeah, we're going on tour in the States uh, in August, Reading and Leeds if you're listening from overseas. Um, and yeah, in October, we're doing our album tour, the American Dream Tour. And that's uh, going to be at the Forum in Melbourne, um, the Enmore in Sydney, and I don't know the other venues, but it's <laughs> going to be really, really fun. We've got some cool... Uh, production shit for everybody to see on stage so get your tickets come and see that don't miss that and yeah I guess that's it awesome sounds great yeah well thank you so much for your time it's been a pleasure to talk to you and um... yeah thanks I had a lot of fun you're listening to general admission where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound.